Hello and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm Ellie Krieger, and in this episode, I'm thrilled to be talking with Louis Schwartzberg, an award-winning cinematographer, director, and producer whose notable career spans more than four decades, providing breathtaking imagery to tell inspiring stories that celebrate life. His film, Fantastic Fungi, is one of my absolute favorites, and his Soarin' Around the World ride film is one of the most popular attractions at Disney theme parks worldwide. Louis' three TED Talks have over 65 million views combined. His latest film is called Gratitude Revealed, and today we'll be exploring the profound benefits of gratitude and homing in on his one real good thing. Write down five things you're grateful for. So Louis Schwartzberg, thank you so much for being here. I'm just thrilled to have you. And I know my audience is going to be absolutely enthralled by what you have to say. I, um, I know your one real good thing is to write down five things you're grateful for. But I really wanted to talk about the topic of gratitude first, just sort of in general. Um, I just watched your new documentary, Gratitude Revealed. And I have to, first of all, say thank you, because I really believe that this film is a gift. It is a gift to anyone who watches it. Visually, it's stunning. I mean, the cinematography, which you're so known for, you can see why. It's very clear. So just watching it, you feel transported. But then understanding the interviews and the in-depth the journeys that people have with gratitude that you really get into from really across the globe. It's fascinating and compelling and inspiring. And I want to thank you for this beautiful film. Um, Before we drill down to your one thing, really, let's talk about gratitude in general. Why is it such a linchpin to a joyful life? Well, thank you, Ellie. And thank you for um, inviting me to be on your podcast. First of all, sharing the gift of gratitude, it's the greatest thing you can do. You know, it's easy, right? Because when you feel it, you just want to share it. So it's kind of a natural thing. Um, What was the question? Like, why gratitude? Yeah, like why? What does? How is gratitude so important to being happy? What is the connection between gratitude and happiness? I mean, you explored this in your film, sure, in such amazing detail. But like, why do we? Why do we want to bother with this gratitude business? Well, well, I'll tell you because, like, right now we. Given like coming out of this pandemic, given what's going on with climate change, given given what's going on with this, you know, the politics, there's a lot of negative energy out there. And it's easy for people, you know, to feel, you know, disconnection, uh, despair. And so what's the antidote to that? You know, we're going through this really tough time. I mean, there's data that shows that there's more suicides with young people. It's hard to understand. You know, what what can we do? And, and I, I feel like there's a baby step we can do. And this isn't the solution for everything, but it's a tiny thing that gets you in the right direction. And that is to be grateful, to be grateful for something that's happening that's good in your life. What can you be grateful for? Grateful for the fact that I'm breathing. Grateful for the fact that I have healthy food. Grateful for the fact that my fingers move. I mean, because when you're, when you're, ruminating on on negative thoughts and this happens to me all the time i it's a muscle you have to kind of develop to be able to stop that for a moment 
and and then more than just stop it, then you got to be able to like have some like positive data coming into your brain. And, and and when you have the positive stuff coming in, it does you can't have the negative stuff going on at the same time. So you have to make a choice here. It's a fork in the road. It's like here I am. I'm, I feel terrible because somebody rear-ended me, or because somebody said something that made me feel uncomfortable. Whatever it might be, it's big or small in your life, you know, you're 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 ruminating on it. It's going over and over. But then let me look at a flower. Let me enjoy this cup of tea that's got this incredible lemon ginger, which I'm drinking at the moment. I mean, what can I kind of like shift my consciousness, my awareness into something positive? Because when that is happening, it really, I believe, shuts down the negative. And that's what you got to do for a moment is become present in something positive. And you might stay in that space for a very long time. You know, Um, you might just, enjoy the meal that you're eating. I know you do a lot on nutrition. I mean, it's a it's a baby step to say, I am grateful for this bite of food. I'm yeah. grateful for the people who grew it. I'm grateful for the earth and it's giving me all this nutrition. Just to be able to like think about that for a moment, as opposed to thinking about something like Donald Trump or whatever is going on, you know, um, that is a baby step. And it's it's something that is like real, I think it's very practical. It isn't like, oh, close your eyes and meditate and, you know, follow your breathing. It's a very difficult thing for most people to do, including myself. And what can I just be grateful for? And And I think it's easy to find something we can be grateful for. Yeah, I love in your film, you talk about as a filmmaker, the idea of focus. And that as a filmmaker, you have to decide what to focus on in each shot, in each segment. And so you're making these decisions and then you make this analogy of making that in your life, deciding in that moment, what am I going to look at in this picture? What am I going to focus on and put my energy toward and bring and draw other people to that are around me? And so I love how you did that. And I think that your one real good thing, which just to repeat is write down five things you're grateful for. I think this is a wonderful way to shift the focus, a simple act, just what this whole thing's all about, one real good thing, a simple act of writing down five things. And I love that you pick five because it's such a doable number. Yeah. I mean, we can all think of five things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what if we did that every day? Maybe every morning, instead of the first thing looking at our phone, yeah. if we started to write down five things that we're grateful for, maybe that would shift the focus of our day a little bit. So that's one of the reasons why I love your one real good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's actually, you know, there was a study done at UCSD. They asked, you know, people with cardi, uh, heart problems in the cardiology department, and they actually did a journal, you know, writing down five things. And guess what? It did help them heal faster. So there is scientific data that shows that it's good for you. Wow. I love that. I love that they're studying this for real uh, as well. So um, it's beyond just like, oh, it seems good, right? It is showing that it's good. Um, So it does make a difference and it can make a difference. And um, people in your film, one of the experts said, people who cultivate gratitude become happier. Gratitude is a route to a happy life. Gratitude is a skill we can practice. So this is one way of employing that that practice. Um, one of the things you just touched upon is all the like the difficult times we have in life. And I think, you know, there's maybe this idea that, oh, people are walking around gratitude. It's sort of like, 
la di da, you know, that you're suddenly, it doesn't take away the humanity that is suffering. I mean, most of us have suffered or will suffer or um, are suffering loss and difficulty and stress and, and, and it's the human condition suffering in some way. And I love how you address also in the film, how um, in some ways it's that suffering that can help us be more human and create more human connections and also increase our gratitude. Yeah. I mean, Jack Kornfield has a great line there. It's like, you know, when, when, did, when did your heart grow larger? When did you become a better human being? You know, it, it's from, you know, difficult times. It's from challenges. It is from suffering. And I love the fact he goes, and, and you, don't have to, you don't have to pray for it. It will come. <laughs> it's guaranteed. <laughs> you know, it, it'll come. But that makes you a better person. And there are studies uh, that I, I, I observed from that Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley that it, people who practice gratitude are more resilient. That's, so when hard things do come, you bounce back faster. So if somebody did, you know, ding your car at the parking lot or something like that, you know, for some people, it could be like a full day or days of, of being bummed out. For other people, it could just be like no big deal, you know? And so this idea of resilience, because bad things do happen all the time. You know, some of them are serious, some of them are trivial. But the fact that you are more resilient, that is really the gift of gratitude. And you share in the beginning of your film that, you know, your parents were Holocaust survivors. And I guess you witnessed that resilience firsthand in a very, very profound way. Definitely. I mean, um, growing up under their roof, I saw how they appreciated all the little things in life, you know, food on the table, a roof over their head, a steady job, um, the miracle of having children, given what they had gone through and what my mom had gone through. Um, but yet they had joy and hope and love in their life. And, and so those are the stories I love to tell. I look, I love, I love to tell stories about people who overcome adversity, you know. Um, but are hopeful and and have used it kind of as a springboard to 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 open their hearts and 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 to be more compassionate. So, you know, th- those are th- that is certainly the the inspiration. And I'll tell you, it's tough because you know, growing up with parents who had you know suffered probably the most horrific situation on the planet, you know, being in Auschwitz for for years. Um, it's easy to feel like a victim. My my sister who passed away two years ago really identified with that whole, my parents and being a victim. And I think being a woman growing up in a Jewish household with parents that are old fashioned, it was hard for her to really break out of this idea of, you know, what, what those expectations were for her and easy for her to just to, to dwell and get stuck in being a victim. Even when being a victim is legitimate, you know what I mean? It still is self-inflicted suffering, which I've yeah. learned to discover. And so even for me, it's hard. It's easy for me to kind of have a knee-jerk reaction and feel like a victim if something unjust happens to me. But then I realize, like, I, I can't go there. I need to pull myself out of that. And for me, being grateful for something 
that I, you know, that's in front of me, that's around me, that's in my heart, whatever it is, is a way to stop that feeling. Yeah. I mean, I think it's about not letting it define you. And also the idea that it's not something that's, oh, you're constantly always grateful when you've gotten gratitude. It's like, then you have it. It it is this practice and you do have to uh, exercise that muscle. And so perhaps writing these things down daily will help. And also other aspects. Um, One of the other aspects that uh, I love that I personally try to tap into all the time is this sense of wonder and awe. And I'm going to quote you from the the film as well. So wonder and awe allow us to transcend our ordinary. Wonder inspires us to to open our hearts and our minds to engender gratitude. So having a sense of wonder at the world and tapping into nature, I mean, tapping into nature is one of the best ways to do that. Just being curious about things, um, like having this like childlike wonder, this childlike mm-hmm. curiosity. I mean, I feel like I learn from watching children all the time, even watching them play. I think, oh, right. look, they're having so much fun moving their bodies. So I think about that in terms of being active. Like, how did that become a chore? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with wonder and curiosity that children just bring that we can sort of say like, wow, you know, I I was flying on a plane the other day and there was, it's like drudgery and it's tough flying and it's cramped and you, and you dealt with all of the obstacles to get on the plane and it's hot on there and all, and maybe the plane was late. I was just irritated. And then I see this little kid on the plane, couldn't have been more excited. We're flying. And then just to have the sense of wonder, like, oh my gosh, I'm about to get into a tube in the sky (laughs) and fly. (laughs) Like that is amazing. And it really changed my mood completely. Yeah. Look, I, I think wonder is like, is the intersection between art and science. <clears throat> it, um, it makes you feel present. And that's really the goal of, of practically every meditation practice. So here you are, you're staring at a flower. You know, um, I did a film called Wings of Life. It's on Disney Plus. You can, it's Meryl Streep telling the story of, you know, uh, seducing pollinators, bees, bats, hummingbirds, butterflies to come get her because she's this you know, gorgeous flower. And, and of course, as you know, with the work you do, Ellie, um, without that intersection of the animal and the plant world, we don't get the fruits, the nuts, the vegetables, the berries, the seeds, all the healthy food we need to eat. And so here you are observing that bee on that flower and you understand the context of what that interaction is and how you are the beneficiary of all this healthy food that's trapped sunlight that you're going to be able to put into your body. And the beauty of it, you know, puts you into the present moment. And then you understand the benefits. How can you not be grateful? How can you not feel gratitude for what you are experiencing of being present, of of being, you know, in a rapture of beauty and wonder, but at the same time, understanding the science behind it, that it's actually you know, fertilization that's happening in front of your eyes, and then you're going to get this healthy food. If it, that didn't happen, there could be no life on our planet. Oh, my God. It's, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And taking this food idea, I mean, you you interview Rick Bayless, who oh, I'm a fan of and uh, know, um, and, uh, and he talks about how food for him, and I think many chefs and many cooks and many – passionate food people and nutrition people as well, you see the health benefits of how food connects us. 
um, sociologists. I mean, pick a science. Everyone right. sees the benefit of sharing a meal and and being grateful for that food and 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 having those human connections. And those human connections that food that eating together brings is one of the things. I mean, that's where we say grace, we say thanks, we have our Thanksgiving meal. I think so much of our gratitude that's built into our culture is kind of built around these meals together. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So even if you take a moment when you're having a meal, even if it's just by yourself and say a thank you to all the things that had to happen, all those pollinators that had to pollinate all of those plants and all those farmers that are working hard to harvest those plants. And 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 I mean, my husband, um, he's a deer hunter. And whenever we ate the venison, we would say thank you to the deer in my family. And then it became, oh, thank you to the butcher. Thank you to the cook. Thank you to the farmer who made the side dishes. And it became this like joking, half jokingly, almost 15 minute conversation <laughs> about all the things we had to thank. And there was no end in sight. Thanks to the person who trucked the food to the store and thanks to the grocery store worker. And then it just becomes this whole thing of connection. And you explore that very much um, in your your work about this way that gratitude, that connection and gratitude are linked, that connecting with humans and really gratitude is a way to connect with people. And and again, I think it highlights appreciating the little things in life. So, you know, everything that you talked about, in addition, we took for granted because of the COVID <clears throat> the ability to be together with friends and family, you know, to be able to have a meal together, to be able to go out, have dinner. You know, we yeah. took that for granted, let alone being grateful for the food that's on your plate and how it was created, you know? And so again, um, I love the fact that, you, you know, focusing on the little things in life are the big things in life. Cause when, they, when they're gone, they're gone. You know, um, I think that, that's why I think it's so easy to practice gratitude. It's looking for something that's so small, but when you really think about it, it's huge, you know? Yeah. And that's why this is perfect that we're having this conversation on this podcast, because that's what this whole podcast is about. One real good thing. It's one thing that seems so small, that seems so doable and is so doable. But you put that in practice and suddenly your life is like basically transformed. I mean, it's kind of cool. (laughs) Um, So one thing that, I mean, I have thoughts on this, but I'd love to hear, in some ways, I think our culture is today is almost designed to be a barrier to gratitude and to, and to, we have to fight against some of the the forces. Um, I'll name one that I've recently thought of. Um, I was at a family dinner in the Midwest where my husband's from, and almost every restaurant we went to had massive TV screens on the walls. And we were at this family dinner and everyone could essentially be distracted by televisions. (laughs) And I found it heartbreaking. I found it heartbreaking that it was taking our attention away from each other. Even if there are moments of boredom Mm -hmm. in a conversation, I mean, that's sometimes where the flowers come up in these little barren spots, right? And we're missing out on that completely. And hey, I cook I do cooking shows on television. I like television. I love the medium. But I I feel like having television screens in our dining rooms is a big mistake. I don't do it in my home. I don't (laughs) allow any any electronics. And so it feels like now 
it's almost difficult to find a restaurant to go to that's family oriented that doesn't have TVs everywhere. So well, or 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 people whip out the, the, the TV screen in their pocket. I mean, it's the same thing. They're more addicted to that. And so we we definitely are going through a crisis where people are addicted to not engaging with each other in real life, in real time. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, what your cooking show and, and what I'm, I try to do with my moving art series on Netflix and also bringing my nature imagery into healthcare, there is a positive use for a digital device. There can be, you know, it's about the content. And if, if I can bring the wonder and awe of nature into healthcare, which is what I'm doing, or even in a clinical trial, we combined my imagery with psilocybin to treat alcohol addiction. These are really groundbreaking studies that can really, I think, flip the paradigm of, of how, um, how we can use it in a positive way. So you're using your imagery to help treat people and change their mental yeah. state, help, tra- help treat yeah. their mood? <clears throat> Yeah, for example, at UCSD in all 250 rooms, a brand new hospital that opened a couple of years ago, the Jacobs Medical Center, it was a billion dollar hospital. I saw they had a smart TV in every room. And then of course, right now there's a big movement in healthcare called patient experience, where you're able to like uh, track the procedures that are occurring for you. So there's like an iPad near the bed and you can track the medical procedures that are occurring. It also controlled the lighting in the room, the shades in the room, and the smart TV. And I said, let's put a question on that iPad. Where in the world do you want to go to be healed? Where's your power spot? Let's give patients the power of choice when choice has been taken away. And the options are ocean, desert, flowers, forest. And it's a half-hour video where you can just like, with music and no narration, where you can just, you know, experience the life-affirming energy rhythms and patterns that are screaming, I need to celebrate being alive. You know, that's really what it's all about. So definitely what we're hoping, excuse me, what we're hoping is like data that'll show that it lowers heart rate, respiration rate, better sleep, less addiction to painkillers, shorter hospital stays. These are all measurable results that I think are going to be, you know, um, verified. I mean, it's kind of like the duh principle. Like, are you kidding me? Is nature good for you? I mean, <laughs> really? Or, or, or is, is, are being in love good for you? Is having a sexual relationship good for you? I mean, yeah, you, then they, they, the science shows, oh, yeah, endorphins are being released, and there's all this stuff going on in your body, and, and there's less prostate cancer, less breast cancer, and a lot of studies that look at people that have, you know, um, uh, couples that have a monogamous relationship, I suppose, and have sex periodically. It sells a lot of magazines when they do these reports, you know. But it's kind of, I mean, people have been talking about love and romance for thousands of years. Poets, right? Um, it's the ultimate connection. It's the ultimate connection yeah, between I people. Mean, exactly. And now we have actually scientific tools that can measure things like that. So that's kind of interesting, but it's almost like obvious. Like, do you really need to prove it? I know. It's like whenever I see studies that show vegetables are good for you, like, yeah. haven't we kind of determined that by this at this point? Right. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Um, 
let me think. I think that um, yeah, you know, a lot of the folks like yourself said, like you're big fans of Fantastic Fungi, which was a really you know um, amazing movie that kind of created a movement about awareness about mushrooms, how it can like you know help with climate change, how it can heal the planet, how it can shift your consciousness. And then you might be wondering, why make a movie about gratitude? What does that have to do with mushrooms? Well, I didn't actually realize it until recently, but basically I took people on a journey with fantastic fungi into learning the wisdom of nature and what's below the ground, what's underneath our feet. And once you understand that wisdom, once you understand nature's operating instructions, then I think the question is, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to employ these natural rhythms and patterns that sustain life into your relationship, into your home, into your business, into your community, into your worldview? And that's what I think gratitude is about, is to be able to take that wisdom, which has been going on for billions of years, and go, why can't we kind of follow this path that's right under our feet? So that's the connection between the two. It's almost like in the therapy with psychedelics, you know, they take people on a journey, but the most important part is the day after the integration. When people, you know, have an aha moment, they, they've discovered something, whether it's overcoming a trauma or a brand new idea, whatever it might be, the question is how are you going to make that work? How are you going to integrate that into your life? What, what are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going to do the hard work? Are you going to take the hike? You don't have to take another journey. You got the message. What are you going to do about it? That's really the key. Well, this explains a lot about why I love your work and why I love both movies, Fantastic Fungi and this gratitude film, Gratitude Revealed. And um, so thank you so much for, for these gifts. And I'd love to um, know where can people access the film, yeah. Gratitude so Revealed? Go to gratitudereveal.com. It's got information for where it's showing in theaters, and all the other hybrid events we plan to be doing uh, virtually as well as in real person. Well, it's fantastic. And, uh, and I appreciate you, Louis Schwartzberg. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope to meet you in person sometime. Sounds great. Love it. Thanks for listening. I hope you're inspired to practice gratitude in your daily life. Writing down five things you're grateful for is a perfect way to start. I'm grateful for you, and I hope you'll join me next time for another One Real Good Thing.